right, so, so today we're going to talk about, uh, from the topic, no greater love. And so when I was meditating on this, I thought through how Christ gave his heart before he gave his life. I mean, look, look here, look here. Let's look here at 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8. And so, so like, uh, I, I had a couple of young men. I worked in corrections for a long time, but I had two people who were close to me that was in the situations where they were going to be locked up. So one of them I talked to, I said, well, you're not going to get locked up. He says, well, how do you know? I said, because you've already changed your heart. Your heart has changed. Like, you, like you, you'll never do this again. And so the person goes to court and they get probation for two years. Talk to the other guy. His heart hadn't changed. He was just looking to get out of it so he can get back in it. Now, I didn't tell him he was going to prison because, you know, I'm a nice guy. But I didn't tell him he wasn't going to prison. You know why? Because I knew he was getting locked up. And he got locked up. He got locked up for maybe like six months because it took him six months to correct his heart. Now, why did I use that story? Because we got to give this heart first. So some of us are, you know, we show up at church or we do good deeds. We act like we were Christ, right? We, we act like, but we haven't really given our heart. You could tell because under pressure, we what? We either jump back into temptation, we jump back into sin, or, or you ain't nowhere around. Or when everything's going good, you know where around. But if you've given your heart, like, it don't work like that in those relationships you're in. Person acting a fool, you still there. You know why? Because you gave your heart. <laughs> right? Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was the old relationship. Does that sound better if I say the old relationship that you were stuck in? Right? That, that better? But why? Because we give our heart first before sometimes even we vetted the relationship. Right? Right? All right, I'm going to just talk to Joe and Courtney because they're, the, they're in the premarital. You know, they're going through courtship and premarital. Y'all understand what I'm talking about, right? Joe and Courtney, right? <laughs> right? Well, y'all, y'all went through it, right? Uh, uh, the stringers, y'all went through it, right? All right, so, 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 so now it's interesting. We'll give ourselves to people we just met, we don't know, based on infatuation, but how come God don't get our heart like that first? Like we sit around our house and go, hold on, no, no, no. Now, God's cool and everything, but I got to vet this thing out. He's going to have to do some things before I like really be all in. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these prayers ain't been answered in the way that I think they should be. Right? These conditions have not been met yet. How we roll like that with God, but we don't like that with people? He said, mm. I, so let's look here uh, at the person that was trying to show us how to do this right. 2 Corinthians 8. I'm actually going to read it out of the classic Amplified version. <laughs> Just from time to time, I like to do that. It says, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 7 through 9. It says, now as you abound, you know, commit or lock in and excel and are at the front of everything in faith. 
So he's assuming we're like this. In expressing yourselves in knowledge and in all zeal, in your love for us, see to it that you come to the front now and abound and excel in this gracious work of almsgiving also. He says, I give this not as an order to dictate to you, but to prove by pointing out the zeal of others, the sincerity of your own love also. For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor, and spiritual blessing. Look, so, so, so again, when we operate in, in, in the greatest love that we can operate, we're coming, we're harmonizing, and we're starting to connect to where Christ did, Right? It says, uh, it says, okay, in favor and spiritual blessings, it says, in though that he was so very rich, now he was so very rich, he's with God. I mean, the Bible says in the beginning, he was with God, and the same was in the beginning with God, the same was God, and, and, and it says that, that him being in the beginning, he created all things. I'm with God. I'm good, basically. If you're interviewing Jesus at that point before he came down here, it's like, I'm straight. Hey, you want to go down there? I got, I got a project for you. You know, these folk out here wilding out, sinning, and I need the price paid to get them back in a relationship with me. No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Somebody interview you. What, what you going to do? Nah, nah, I'm good. You, you said I got to pay for their sins. Now, the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death? Nah, like, why would I want to do that? I'm good. So it says, though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became very poor. To be poor means to, to be without. So it's not just money, right? Some of us, some of us are without peace. Uh, some of us are without healing, right? Right? Some of us are without our minds, right? It says, it says, Though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became poor in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. So he gave up all his majesty so we can have some majesty, right? So he gave his heart before he even gave his life. Now, this is before he even gave his life. <laughs> this is just to come here and, uh, okay, uh, let's do this audible real quick. I know. I know people online ain't going to see this scripture, but because I didn't have it. All right, John. Wait, hold on. I was just about to read it. What did I just say? He gave his life. Gave his heart. He gave his life. I had the scripture right there. Now, I already know for God so loved. That's my next scripture. I, that, that's in here. Thank you. Who's that? Stella? <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you're in my notes, 316. But I was just about to read something before that. All right, I got it, John 1. That's what it was. Thanks, Stella. John 1. What's up, Tatum? All right, so, so John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Now, of course, it's highlighting in the King James Version, in the beginning was the Word. Now, we're trying to figure out how do I know that's Jesus. Well, let's go to John 1.14. It says, and the Word was made flesh, look, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, Father, full of grace and truth, right? So you was talking about the other day, right? Full of grace and truth, sweetheart. All right, so let's go over here to John 3.16, right? That's how we, we learn this in Bible school, like it's, it's, it's the context principle, right? We just kind of connect scriptures to back up the scripture, right? All right, so John 3.16, which is what Stella highlighted that we should talk about today, right? <laughs> All right, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, as John 14 says, the word became flesh, the only begotten. So we know we're talking about Jesus. So Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh, so flesh become the word, can become the word. So he gave up all his deity, all his majesty, everything he was rich in, his, his peace, right, his power, everything, so what? So we can have access to some things. And, and the thing is, if you don't think that's great love, think about you and your position of comfort and somebody just asking you for a loan or or you, 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 you relaxing at the house, we, you know, the fellows, we watching the game, and the wife said, oh, I forgot something, I need you to go to the store. Something as simple as that, well, well I, I actually do it. Uh, I just did it yesterday, didn't I? <laughs> All right, something as simple as that is a stretch. Once we have our own momentum and we're in our comfort zone, well, I just got comfortable, right? Right, something as simple as that is hard for us to stretch beyond our comfort zone. We're, we're not talking about uh, sitting on the couch. We're not talking about, you know, I already had plans today. I, I, I don't want to go with, uh, visit them. I don't even really like them. Right? We're not talking about that. We're talking about somebody in majesty. Already, we're trying to get to the presence of God. He's already in the presence of God. Gives up the presence of God so we can get there. You know, some of us, we get to the position and we forget all the other people that was trying to climb with us, Right? We ain't going to help nobody get there, you know. Yeah, y'all wish I was at my level, did what, didn't you? Remember I used to work with y'all? Now go do what I tell you to do, right? Like, like, like we, nah, I just, I, I want to be number one. I want to be in charge. But here, Christ is in majesty, gives that up to give us access. So, so this is the thing. Great love, this, this greater love is expressed through selfless obedience, is expressed through selfless obedience. Look here, Philippians 2. This great love is expressed through selfless obedience. And so we're painting a picture. I, I, I know everybody don't, don't run to see the passion of the Christ. It's not. I mean, they, they understand it's a great movie, uh, one, one of the greatest movies ever uh, created. But everybody don't go, hey, let's go see the passion of the Christ. You know, people have seen the Matrix like 15 times, seen the passion of the Christ that one time. Right, like, like, like people aren't just like, yeah, I saw that like seven times. I saw that, set. that's a good movie. I keep watching it so I can get more detail. You don't, you don't normally see that, right? Right, because it, the, the, when you start to reflect on the anguish and the pain and the cost, um, when I, I, I always tell the story, when I came out of that movie, I was, was with the uh, church in Ohio, 
pastor said, so what do you think about the movie? I just broke down, started crying. I was like, we so selfish. We so selfish. Because that's all I could see in the movie. The whole time I was sitting there, I was numb. And I was just like, man, we selfish. You know, I mean, and, and, and even though I said that, I don't know if I would have took those, those, those stripes. You know, especially when he got up, you know. He got, he got up before he got up. You know that, right? So I know he got up at the resurrection, but he got up when he was beating them down to the ground because he hadn't taken enough stripes. You know, if you go back and look at the history, the, uh, the, the punishment was no less than 39, 40 stripes. So after about 15, they beat him to the ground. He got, he got up. Would you have gotten up? Or would you do one of my numbers, play dead? Nah, I only take 15, take me out, bro. I'm good. You don't have to hit me no more. No, they could kick me. I'll stop breathing. I'll hold my breath. You know, just so, but, but he, he got up. Why did he get up? You coming back, you'll be all right. All right. So let's go to Philippians 2.8. I said you're coming back. <laughs> I know, I know you don't want to leave me. I know. Dad, I might just kidnap you. Stay with me. Y'all sitting there thinking that's not about me. It is. It's one of my grand. That's one of my godsons. He didn't want to leave me. He was fine until he took him up, right? Okay. Just trying to explain to y'all what's going on. All right, so Philippians 2.8. Philippians 2.8. It says, look, look, so, so it talks about, uh, verse 5 says, uh, let this mind be in you is also in Christ Jesus, right? And he says he didn't find it uh, robbery to be equal to, with God to understand that, hey, I'm with God, right? But then verse 8 says something. It says, in being found in the fashion of a man, remember he became flesh, it says he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And see, so, so, so we know great love is expressed through selfless obedience. So, so how many of us obedience, uh, we taught a message a long time ago called the missing ingredient. And the missing ingredient was obedience. So how many of us, like, we wake up every day and our first thought is how I can be obedient to God and the kingdom? Like when we're offended, you know, like a lot of times you're at church, you're offended or you feel in some kind of way. Are you feeling some kind of way because you didn't have enough opportunities to be obedient? Is that how we're rolling? Because think about it, that's, you know, uh, and then we, 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 uh, we were talking about this in rationalism and, uh, I don't know, what was it, criticism? Yeah, it might have been criticism. But we were talking about, as we, as we were talking through all these things in Bible school, we were just talking about how we kind of just, Oh, I know it was, uh, I think, dogmatism. We're talking about being theoretic, theories. We're just saying stuff. It hasn't been proven. We're just saying stuff. So we say this, this line here. Oh, I, know, I know God loves me. How you know? Based on what? I, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying, how do you know? Then, then, then we got this other follow-up statement. Oh, the Lord knows I love him. Based on what? Your obedience? How about your faith? Because if you're operating in faith, if I'm operating in faith, I don't compromise at all. Right? I don't even yield to the vices. You know why? Because I know by faith, God can deliver me from. 
Without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? That's, that's not Pastor Keith. That's what the Bible says, Hebrews 11.6. So, so, so how do I know God loves me? Because I live for obedience or I live for compromise. Which one is it? And if I know God loves me, I'm coming through that throne boldly, aren't I? Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a conversation. Like, oh, oh, God, wait a minute now. I'm, I'm just giving my life to you. I'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice. Like David, you know, David was like, well, hold on a second. They can't just be coming at me like this, God. You're going to have to give, take care of them. They need to flee seven ways. I, I need them to feel the pain that they're trying to bring towards me. How do you have a conversation like that with God? Because when I wake up every day, my effort and my energy and my focus is to be obedient. That's why Jesus, man, that's a lot of people here, man. They hungry. Let's see, we got about 5,000 men here. You know, Jesus was sweet. You know, like we would have to go count each person. But, you know, somebody that's omniscient, that's all-knowing, they don't have to count. They can go, okay, we got 5,000 men here, women and children, about 15,000. Uh, hey, uh, Lord, I need about, uh, give, me, give me about uh, 7,000 Happy Meals. All right, oh, 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 hold on, hold on, let's go back. 6,500 Happy Meals. I need a couple, three pieces. Uh, you give me about, ah, psh. 12,000, 12,000, three pieces. Um, man, these people are hungry. Man, they're out here in the wilderness. They haven't eaten. But how do you have that conversation? Because I'm obedient. I can go to the Father and make requests because I live in obedience. And so he did that to, to, te- to get something, for, to teach us something. And, and then we are instructed or encouraged to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. A person that's presenting themselves a living sacrifice, uh, Romans 12, 1, is living to be obedient. Did I say we're always going to be obedient? Did you hear me say that? No, I said, but what's our target? Right? And if I miss it, that's what the grace is for. The grace is not for me trying to compromise and then, hey, I need some grace to get me out of this mess. No, the grace is for I'm trying to be obedient, and I slipped. You know, I slipped. You remember we talked about backsliding. I'm climbing up the mountain. I lost my grip. I slid down. I backslid a little bit. But I didn't jump off the mountain, did I? Well, I hope not. You know, like, like I tried to regain my grip, and the grace helps me to regain my grip and continue to climb. The obedience climb. Does that make sense? Right? And so, so when I do that, while I, when, when I slipped, I can go to the throw. Oh, oh, hey, 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 catch me. You remember Peter went in the water. He was like, Lord, <laughs> y'all help me up out of here, man. You know, I only walked on water for a minute because I only believed for a minute. All right, so, so this, this, this great love is a supernatural power of love. And I think we all just flowing together here today. Let's read Romans 8. The dan- I think this, this is the dance team scripture, right? They did a powerful job. Y'all see Ari up there? Y'all see Ari? Ari? 
<laughs> I can't do it. He said, well, well, well she, she was, uh, they, actually, man, I, I know y'all been working on that for weeks, but you guys flowed. You, you flowed in such harmony, the presence of God had to show up. They had to show up. They was all flowing like, that harmony, the presence of God shows up. I was back there in tears. I was like, <laughs> like, like just saying, then, then, hey, when they picked up that crown, whoo, it seemed like everybody that grabbed the crown, something went through their body, right? Like it seemed like some, 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 some anointing went through your body as soon as you got the crown. Every single one of them. It's like they were just passing the anointing. And every time somebody got it, they go, <laughs> you know. I seen, you see Justina? <laughs> just, think y'all, just think y'all wasn't paying attention. I was paying attention. Boy, y'all should go back and watch that if y'all don't. No, not just the people that dance, because they didn't see what we saw. But y'all need to watch that experience, that anointing, right? But see, that's, the, that's yielding. They had, they, you know they practice, right? You know they show up at these times when nobody's at church, right? And they've been doing this for quite some time, behind the scenes. You know, they could be sitting at the crib chilling. Well, but, 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 but they were thinking about their Lord and Savior. What could I do? I'm just going to give myself to them. And they gave themselves to the Lord, and it impacted all of us. <clears throat> Imagine if we all could do that. Amen. Amen. That was a good example of it. So what did I say? Oh, Romans 8. Their scripture, that's how I got on the topic, right? Y'all didn't know I was using this scripture, did y'all? The Holy Ghost, no. It says, look, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, verse 38, I'm sorry. For I'm pers- I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, that's a, that's a high level there. It says no, nor powers, so no principalities, no authorities, no powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ, which is where? In. So when you see that word in, think of inside, right? Inside Christ Jesus our Lord, right? Inside Christ Jesus our Lord. So this supernatural love that's, that's uh, inside of him. So let's, 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 let's think about this love from a supernatural perspective, okay? So remember, we were talking, well, not remember, because everybody wasn't there, but we were talking about how we can uh, either rationalize or human reason ourselves away from the relationship with God, right? We talked about that in Bible school yesterday. All right, so, so, let's, so, so, so I want us to sit our human reasoning down, our intellect, our how we look at things, right? Because the human reason says, prove it to me, it has to conform to my intellect for it to be okay. So in other words, my, my human reasoning or my intellect is the final word, not God's authority, not what God wrote. God's wrote has to stand up to my human reasoning, right? That's what started separate, separating people for the love of God. And that's why as much as you're smiling, there's things uh, uh, constantly creeping, weighing you down in your life. Because only God could dry that stuff out. You think it's by your, your might and your power. That ain't worked. That ain't never worked. 
But as uh, uh, Tia was saying this morning and Amelia was saying this morning, you got to choose God. You got to choose God. And uh, Tia was saying, you could do it even when you're old, like when you're real old, like 60. I'm just, hey, that's what she said. <laughs> so we're sitting back there. Then she, hey, hey, so just to think y'all left, left, left off the hook. Then she, she, she we, we start laughing, and she moved it up to 70. <laughs> so that don't help because they, they young. So, so next time you do that, you might have to, like, go to, like, 95 or 100 around here. Everybody young, right? <laughs> but our point was, even when you're real old, you could choose, right? <laughs> right? She said, uh, so she used the example uh, of how she says you could be, uh, people at their deathbed could make the choice. So instead of us rationalizing our way out of it, her point was, we need to choose Christ, right? Right? We need to choose some of the supernatural love. So 1 Corinthians 13 uh, verse 4. It says, uh, so, so the King James Version says charity, but that word charity means love uh, in the Greek, right? So when you see charity, think of love. So I'm going to say, it, right, so charity or love suffers long and is kind. Charity or love envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, right? Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. It's not selfish at all. It's not thinking about itself. It's not easily provoked. Ooh, it's not easily provoked. It's not easily provoked. It's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. See, see, see. Think about it. You, doing evil is is that's after the fact. That that's that that's way after you've been thinking about it for quite some time, <laughs> right? So think of no evil. It starts in your heart, right? It says, rejoices not in iniquity, right? In iniquity. It says, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things. Look, look, this would be interesting. Endureth all things. It says, charity or love never fails. See, if you have love, you're dangerous to the adversary. You know why? Because that love... So if I don't want to fail, think about it. sometimes we, we, we either don't do stuff because we don't want to fail. Uh, we size it up based on if failure is a possibility. We shut it down if we fail one time. But how about doing it in love? How about like, because the scripture says apart from um, Christ, we could do nothing, John 15, 5. How about doing it connected to Christ? Right? How about jumping inside of him and letting him do it through you? Why? Because since love never fails. Uh, the scripture says, uh, 1 Peter 4, 8, it covers a multitude of sin. Now, now, when I think about that, I think about when we're forgiving because we operate in love. Or I think about when we, people come at us and we operate in meekness. We persuade in return for attack. Right? Don't we do that? <laughs> Somebody was honest. They said, no. You attack me, I'm going to punch you in your face. That's what somebody said. I didn't say that, right? But, 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 but we're supposed to be operating in meekness. We're supposed to persuade and return for attack. That means when you trigger your craziness on me, it places a man on the love inside of me. 
assuming I have love inside of me, right? If I don't have love inside of me, you're going to get fire, right? You're going to get Newark, New Jersey, right? Right, so, 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 <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so the goal is for us to operate in love, right? To respond in love. And it says love recovers a multitude of sins. So I think about if we respond right, it kind of wipes away that sin. But I think about this, how um, I think love covers a multitude of our sins. You know, like I, I think if we stay in our position in Christ and stay in our position in obedience, then we're, we're saturated and covered with the blood. We were talking about this yesterday, too, you know, because we had an attorney in the room, so I just use attorney stuff which I probably don't do it well because I'm not an attorney. But I did, you know, I, I was a, a code enforcement officer, so we had to take people to court. So, and they, they teach you on, um, uh, you're trained on court etiquette. You know, so I'm not, I'm not rolling up in there, yo, Yana, yo, check this out, dog. You know what, the reason why, you know, I rolled them up because they ain't take care of their lot. And since they ain't take care of their lot, I rolled them up. Hey, you need to slap that fine on them, dude. What? <laughs> The person that I'm trying to take to court is going to get off because I'm not, I'm not operating in reverence. That I don't, you know, it's your honor. It's not your dog. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So you learn that, but you also see how things operate kingdom-wise because that judge, he makes the final, he, he passes the sentence, right? See, see, in our life, we go, don't judge me, but people aren't judging you they may be accusing you at times. That's true. Sometimes it's not accusation. Sometimes it's accurate. <laughs> right? But just for the sake of conversation, <laughs> we'll say it's accusation, okay? Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, so, y'all know what I'm talking about. So, 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 in this courtroom, you had this judge here, and you have the uh, defendant attorney, you have the, the prosecutor, right? So the, the, the prosecutor, which we talked about yesterday, that's the adversary, the accuser of the brethren. He's trying to accuse you. Now, we already said sometimes it's accurate, <laughs> right? And his, based on his, 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 what he's accusing you of, he's saying to God, hey, I have access in their life. They opened the door for me to get in their life because, hey, look, they've breached your covenant. That gives me access. So let me at them, basically. Over here, you got the defendant attorney. Oh, Your Honor, the blood. But, but the thing is, he can only say the blood if we've attached our faith to the blood to his death, burial, and resurrection, right? right. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, God, God uh, he died for our sins and God raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9, and 10, right? right? But if I haven't attached my faith to the blood, then, then Jesus could be talking the blood all he wants. The accuser saying, whoa, 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 whoa. They haven't believed in their heart. They haven't confessed with their mouth that you died for their sins and raised from the dead. They haven't attached their faith to what you did on that cross. So your cross, I appreciate what you did and kind of messed some things up for me, but it didn't mess up my access to their life. 
You see what I'm saying? So, so the judge ha- makes the final decision based on all the information rendered. You understand what I'm saying? Now, in our life, we say people judge us, but some people are just saying, hey, you know, I can't trust you. You lying all the time. Don't judge me. No, I'm not judging you. It's accurate. You are lying all the time. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to say why you're lying because then somebody's going to have to judge that. You know, you could be lying because of fear. You could be lying because you've been lying for for 80 years, I don't know. But all I know is you lie. Why you lie? Now, if I say you lying because you're a snake, you'll always be a snake. Uh, your mama made you a snake, right? Now, if I start saying stuff like that, I, I've attached a judgment to you lying, right? You late, right? <laughs> oh, you was late yesterday, right? Sorry about that. I, I, that was... That wasn't, in, that wasn't, in, look, so check this out. So we're in courtroom. I said you late, and I, I really did forget, but, but thank you for bringing it up. So, so listen to, you know how you ain't supposed to talk out, you know, because you got somebody trying to defend you here. We overslept. Were they late? If they overslept, was they late? Look, she said, it's one time. Was they late? But see, all I said, they was late. I didn't say, because, you know, you're lazy, no good. That, you're late because you, you, mm-hmm. you could have got up. You was just in there sleeping, holding on to that pillow. Probably had breakfast and everything before you came because you didn't care about what was going on in the class. Didn't say all that, did I? Just you late. Were you late? We were late. All right. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they're always on time. They, they, you know, Pastor Mel said, well. <laughs> one of them is always on time. <laughs> this must be the late side, because. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get focused. Let's get focused. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> Somebody sitting behind you. Oh, she said, she said, she said, hey, each week I get a minute closer. <laughs> All right, so we just having fun. We, we're family. We just having fun. All right, so, so the Amplified version of that scripture, 1 Peter 4, 8 says, above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another. Because, see, see, this unfailing love, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. He's <laughs> like, mm, I ain't know that's what that was. I supposed to do that. <laughs> right? And see, it's so interesting because remember, we was talking about pleasing God. Love empowers faith. Faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, right? Right? So when I start to operate in love, I have more of an a, a incubator or an atmosphere for faith, right? And so, so I can persuade and return for attack because what I'm doing is I'm drawing in the faith to navigate me through this either uncomfortable situation or some of this funk and this frustration, right? 
And so, so 1 Peter 3.9 says this. I'm going to read the classic Amplified version of that too. 1 Peter 3.9. It says, never return evil for evil. Now, now this, we're talking great love here, all right? And sometimes our human reason doesn't help us to pro- process this. Now, it opens up with the word never. Never means what? Which means? Which means? So if it's never means never means never, which means never, which means what? Never. Right? That's what never means, right? All right, just make sure everybody has the same definition of never, because for some people, never means sometimes. Now, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? All right. And how do you know that? Because they'll say, oh, I never do that. And then you say, well, you just did it last week. Oh, no, well, that was exception. Well, that means sometimes. So never means sometimes to you, right? (laughs) Right? Because if you did it one time, you would never say, I never do it, right? Okay, you notice how the right started going going down? (laughs) More we start qualifying never. All right, so it says never return evil for evil. How many times do we return evil for evil? <laughs> See, you got a person got a different definition than never. Their definition is, I don't know. <laughs> right? So, so, you know, James ain't going to say never, right? But the Scripture says, right? And we learned in some class that we're yielding to what? The authority of the Word, right? It says, never return evil for evil, look, look, or insult for insult. And then it, it broke it down. That's why I like the, the classic Amphrod version. It says, scolding, tongue lashing, and berating, just in case we didn't know what insult was. It says, but on the contrary, blessing, prayer for their welfare, happiness, and protection, and truly pitying and loving them. It says, for know that <clears throat> to this you have been called, you may that you may yourselves inherit blessing from God, that you may obtain blessing as heirs, bringing welfare and happiness and protection. So what it's saying is how I respond is what I'm going to draw from God. Because think about it. Based on how we're operating, what do we deserve for our behavior? Because the Bible says you reap what you sow, right? But God is showing love for our craziness, right? So we can't do it. And then we say to ourselves, oh, no, 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 this is justified. So can God say that about you? Because when we miss it, we want to pass, don't we? So are we given a pass, right? We could use this scripture for Arizona. All right, and that's uh, 1 Peter 3, 9, <laughs> Amplified. All right, All right so, so Matthew 5, 44. So we're talking about this great love and how it's, it's packaged. It says, uh, this great love re- rewards enemies with undeserved compassion. This great love rewards enemies with undeserved compassion. So this is not our human reasoning or the natural way we would operate, this is, we've tapped into the supernatural here, right? Matthew 5, 44. 
Matthew 5, 44. And believe it or not, I'm reading all these scriptures from the Bible. They're all in the Bible. Not no Keith Bradley memoir or anything, right? It says, look, it says, verse 44. And, and, and while we're talking about this, if we embrace this, it's going to advance us from this point because we're going to have, we're going to be able to use this this week and the weeks to come, okay? It's, did I just say that out of my, or oh, the Holy Spirit said it, so I got to do it too. Okay, all right, got it. <laughs> you know, once it came out, we'd be like, man, that's, <laughs> we have to use this, right? It says, so, so Matthew 5, 44 says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Look at this. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I just let that settle in for a second. And so the, the thing is, so, so, so I, I learned this. Obviously, I played basketball for years. I talk about basketball a lot. And so we used to tell the players, never leave the team. Stay in harmony with the team. And so some, sometimes guys, uh, they, didn't, they didn't understand the, 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 the psychology of basketball. So in other words, they were talented. They could play. They could shoot. They could run. And the psychology of basketball is, I got to get in your head. I was playing. Uh, I got an opportunity to play in this league. I never played in before. And I showed up with one of the legends of our city. And so, so we're walking and we're talking. So on the inside, I'm going, well, we're walking together. We're talking together. Like, he's talking to me. So I'm accept, accepted among the elite basketball players. And then we get to the game, and we were fashionably late because when you think you're cool, you show up late, and then you get right in the game. You know what I'm saying? So we both got in the game at the same time. So I'm like, look, see, look, I'm, I'm in here with this legend, and we're going in the game at the same time. We was just talking, walking down the street. First play, they have the ball. They, pat, they give it to him. I'm playing defense on him. He backs me down, bowls me in my mouth, and scores. And I'm like, but we was just talking. We're cool, right? He just bowled me in my mouth. Like, what about our conversation? That day I said, there's a psychology. All that would get me to relax and then bowl me in my mouth was to break me down here so I'm not going to play my game. And so, so God knows this in, our, in this life that we're living. So as we're moving and navigating, he knows that the adversary will send people to talk about you, to snap on you, to trip, to, to treat you unfair. But the whole thing is he's trying to get you off of your game. You had a momentum. Normally this stuff happens when you have momentum. In our country, most of the uprisings happen when there's a momentum. I saw some young men prosper in our country where they were getting like, the lowest person on the totem pole was getting like $50 million checks. Around that same time, there was a lot of uprising. Happened right after that. So now people were distracted on what? They mad. Right? Not operating in love, but the love is what got them the 50 million. You see what I'm saying? Now everybody's distracted, and you don't see people prosper, prosper in anger. When I told the players not to leave the team, because when they got angry, they would leave us and lose sight of the vision of what we were trying to do. And they thought they, 
Who you think you talking to? I'm going to get him. I was like, okay, you got him and you left us and you lost, you helped us to lose the game. Didn't you come out here to be your best? What him talking to you, what, why should that make a difference? Continue doing what you're doing. Don't get off course. And we look at our life as we elevate. You notice that's when the haters come out. Right? They just come out of nowhere, but they're coming out of nowhere to, to test if we're going to hold on to our love to take us to a greater level. We think, man, see, and then we start magnifying. Man, you know, it was, it was bad day today, bad day today. Bad. Man, these people out here tripping. And then you go to work tomorrow. Man, you know, I'll tell you what, say something to me tomorrow. Say something to me tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, hey, 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 I ain't the one. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, somebody better tell them back in the day. Oh, back in the day? They don't know. So, so now I want everybody to know back in the day I'd have punched him in his face. <laughs> Otherwise interpreted as I haven't fought in a long time. So I don't know what's going on, how this is going to end up. But maybe if you tell him how I was back in the day, that'll scare him and he'll leave me alone. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, so, all right, Romans 12, Romans 12, uh, Romans 12, 21, uh, the Amplified says this. It says, don't let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome or master evil with good. See, so this great love overcomes evil with good. It calms that savage beast. Uh, uh, Ephesians 3.19 says this. Uh, this is the New Living Translation. It says, may your experience of love, may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, your human reason won't even process it. Then you will, excuse me, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So here God, Christ died for us to give us all this life and power, Ephesians 3.19, right? I, I know I read it, the New Living's translation. You don't know, read that a lot, but, but the reason I read it because it says this, this power is, 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 is beyond our human understanding. It doesn't, our, our natural mind sometimes can't calculate it, Amen. right? But it says when, if, if you can really embrace it, now you'll be filled with the power and the, and the life that God had for you. That's what he died for. We, we, we shared this a couple of Resurrection Sundays ago. All right, so Christ died for our sins, right, to bring us back into fellowship with God, right? Died for our sins, bring us back into fellowship, right? We're we all we good with that, right? Okay, so <clears throat> why did he die? Right? But he wanted to give us access to something. So she looked out on the earth and said, whoa, whoa, hey, these are my children. How are they being defeated by someone with no power? Remember it says in the last days, we'll look back and say, is this the guy that tricked everybody? This dude? It'll be like the Wizard of Oz, you know, like somebody behind the curtain, right? Or, or the movie Milan, like being scared by a shadow. The devil's like a shadow to us. He says, this the guy that convinced people to take on vices, convince people to be less than they are 
and then live in excuses for not elevating to their fulfillment? Are you kidding me? He says, all they had to do was take on my fullness. Now, the, the King James Version of, 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 of Ephesians 3.19 says, be filled with all the fullness of God. So you think, so, so we were talking about this a few Resurrection Sundays ago. Are we living a life that's equal to the death that was given for us? In other words, did Christ have to die for the life that you're living now? Can you live this life that you're living without him dying? Then, then in some cases, we've just smacked our face in, his, in him giving his life for us, showing great love to give us great power, right? So are we, and then, sorry to bring you up again, but, but are, are we justifying it? I would, well, no, the reason why, you know, see, I would be living a life that Christ died. But see, like right now, you know, cut my cousin, right? See, my cousin be tripping, man. If he hadn't done that at one thing, then I, I, I'd be in the pocket. I'd be in the pocket. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's cuz, man, because cuz. And then my mama, man, well, I don't even want to talk about my mama, man. It's my mama. Christ died for that, too. He died for your mama. He died for your cousin. He died for all. He died for the people that. Played you, betrayed you, filleted you, whatever you want to call it. He died for all that. Now are we taking advantage of his death, burial, and resurrection? I'm not, hey, hey, I know there's plenty of successful people in the room. We ain't talking about success. We said filled with all the fullness of God. You could be successful without being filled with the fullness of God. There's plenty of successful people out here temporarily. We're talking about fulfillment. Right? So now, are we living a life that's equal to that? You see what I'm saying? And that's what that scripture is saying. Are we going to complete this great love package? And that's why, like, he's saying, hey, hey, the adversary has worked hard, subtly, clandestinely, to get us off of the love momentum by... All, all, all these little sabotages, like his attacks, it says, uh, the scripture says, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience to the what? To the obedience to the what? To the obedience of Christ Jesus. So all of my thoughts are lining up with that great love flow, that obedient flow. And obedience can care less about being betrayed, persecuted, uh, because he went through all that. But he kept moving. Like, 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 he went through the persecution, the beating. Man, he was beat before he was beat. I mean, they was mocking him. Let somebody stick a thorn on your head. Uh, a crown of thorns on your head. Let somebody stick one thorn on your head. Help me, help me. Some of y'all be crying, right? Well, we're talking about a crown. And, they, and, and it wasn't like, hold on, let's sit this on right because we don't want to stick you. No, it wasn't like that. It was, uh, it was smashed on his head. And so once, once a, a thorn is smashed on your head, you're continuously bleeding and in pain. You get a cut right now, how do you feel? You know, you, you, it's constantly bothering you. So you got the thorn. Then people hitting them and say, yo, prophesy, who popped you? 
So he's going through all this abuse, but he kept moving. He kept moving. And even when they came to get him, he say, told Peter, hey, man, do, I don't think you understand who I am. I could call down legions of angels. He said, we, we can end this right now. He says, but I'm not here to protect myself. I'm not here to make sure I don't feel or look bad. I'm here to be obedient to God, to fulfill God's plan, to give great love so you have access to great love. And, and, and no matter how much they talk about me, persecute me, put me down, attack me, even when they put me up on this cross, I'm still giving this great love. She talked about the seven last words, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me as soon as he took on all our sins? Because I guarantee you, okay, one, he was in the garden. This is before he even took on any sins. Remember, Jesus is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. So he's all-knowing. So he's in the garden. The scripture says he's in anguish. He, he, he crying out everything in him like, hey, 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 if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. He said, nevertheless, not your will, not my, not my will, thy will be done. At that point, he almost felt all of our sins. He still hadn't taken them yet. And he was, he was, he was like, hey, man, if there's another out, you know, because I know, I remember with Abraham, you, you, you know, there's a lamb in the bush. You got a lamb in the bush for me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If there's, a, there's an option, let's go with it. But at that point, I guarantee you, God was like, oh, no, 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 no. We, got, we, we have lives at stake now and lives at stake in the future. You're going to have to give it, give it up. You're going to have to give it all up. So he gave it up, and then he took on all our sins. How do you feel just walking around with your sin? I'm talking about right now. Let's, come on, let's be real. Yeah, listen, you, it doesn't feel good. Otherwise, you wouldn't have manic, they'd be making up some of this stuff too. Manic depression, bipolar, you wouldn't have all this stuff. You have all this stuff because people carrying stuff that they're supposed to cast to God. They, they, they slipped into disobedience and they're trying to live there, but your body is not designed to stay there. So it affects your mind. It shuts you off from regular exchanges with people. You find yourself a zombie just walking by people. No, something's wrong with your mind if you can ignore people. Do you know that, right? Z said, yes. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? See, all this stuff is because we've lost the ability to love. That's what it is. We're leaking love. Scriptures be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know you're unstoppable when you're filled up with God? Things just start happening. When you're filled with God, when you open up, that's why when people open up, we was, I, I was talking to, I'm just going to use you since you're back there. Uh, I was talking to, we was talking to, uh, talking to Miasia, or we were talking to Miasia. She was just talking about just uh, coming up and receiving her healing. But something happened. And for, so, so she was honest. She was, she was actually operating. Can I say this? Okay. She was operating like we are operating. So he asked me to come up. I do want the healing, so I'm coming. But human reasoning, I don't know if anything's going to happen. Actually, I don't even really think anything's going to happen. And so while she's praying, she doesn't think anything's going to happen. Why? 
Because we're human. She was just, I love her transparency. She's just being human. She says, so when I grabbed her hand, she says, a, a cooling went through her hands. And remember, she was praying for her heart. And it, she says, it went to her heart first. And then she, she broke, meaning she opened up. And I, I sent it in my spirit. First of all, I didn't feel no cooling in my hands. I didn't feel nothing she felt. Just to let you know. I ain't got to feel it. I'm not the healer. I'm the obedient one. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And so, you okay? You okay, sis? Need to pray for you? I'm playing with you. I was just playing. <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just clowning. All right, so, so what happened was when she broke, I, I, then I picked up something. I said, oh, something just took place. I said, that just did it. That let it all in, right? Now, she didn't tell me this, but can I tell you a story? Your mom told me this. You, you didn't tell me. All right, so, she, so uh, Tiana, she comes up, right? When she got up, she was like, oh, my, she, was, she, she was getting prayer for pain, right? Am I correct? She's like, oh, I'm about to get healed. <laughs> you know, so, so it was an expectation. And then when she came up, the pain went away, right? I, I, listen, I didn't, I didn't even know that. The mom said it at the Bible study fellowship. But what am I saying? There was an atmosphere of love. You understand what I'm saying? When there's an atmosphere of love, things take place. Remember, Jesus came into the town. The scripture says he had compassion on them. Jesus was on an assignment. He showed up for love. And, and he says, I came to destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to where the devil is at his highest level. But on his way, he sees these people. That's why I said you can't walk by people. He was like, man, whoa, he done wreak havoc up here. All these people sick? What are they doing sick? You know what I'm saying? It's almost like these are God's children. And, he's, and the scripture says he healed all manner of disease. Do you know what the word all means? Everybody that came around him. That's like him coming to Charlotte. And the hospital's empty. And the hospital's empty because everybody's healed. Then he got to a place of frustration and was like, listen, man, come on. You know, this is, we're doing, I can't keep doing this. Let's go to the other side. We're going to go to where the core of this, this lack of love that's causing dis-ease, infirmities, right? It's causing sickness. We talked about this, we're talking about this on Wednesday, healed and whole. He goes to the other side and he runs into the, the highest level, the hierarchy. God had 2,000 demons in him. He was doing it on purpose to destroy the works of the devil. If you look at every path, he took care of demonic activity. But he went to the root and then he said, okay, all right, good. He wasn't even thinking about him. He was like, okay, let's go back to the other, other side. I want to see the results. You know what he's going back to see? Some people that were healed and he wasn't even there because that demonic influence wasn't grabbing them. And now they can walk in love again. They walk in full power. That's what it's all about, power. When you don't have no power, you lose your mind. You get thirsty. So you, Vince Lamar was talking about, so you go to weed, you go to drink, you go, well, what you looking for? You're looking for something to quench that thirst for power. Well, no, no, no. The scripture says be filled with all the fullness of God. 
the scripture says be intoxicated with the spirit of power of God, right? It says don't be drunk with wine, be drunk, be, con- be intoxicated with the spirit. What he's saying is, he said, I go to the head with God now. I heard everything you said. That's on video. People know he's it's really out there, brother. All right, so, well, what I'm saying is he, he's trying to get us to do this. So this great love. And, and when we show up, and, 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 and I, I love when people say, hey, hey even, even when I was out there, uh, Cinnamon talked about this. She, uh, it was somebody else talked about how you would, okay, you would party on Saturday, would go to church on Sunday. That was y'all too. That's Cinnamon Oliver and <laughs> Venetia Knight, all right? But she had a line, party then praise. Look, so we got all these connections here. <laughs> now, 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 I, 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 I never heard that. So I wasn't, it wasn't, party then praise, please. Like party then party then party, you know, then go to sleep, wake back up and go to party. But when it came to Resurrection Sunday or it came to New Year's, the philosophy was, okay, we got to come, in, I, I got to bring the year in in church. So we would be looking for a church. I don't know what we used to do, you know, because we was drunk high. It's like, man, we got to go to church, man. Got to bring the new, new year right. In my Newark, New Jersey days, right? Or Resurrection Sunday, right? So something in us was like, hey, I can't start the year without any power. I at least start the year. Now, I lost all the power after the first two weeks, but, <laughs> but my thought was, I, I can't, I got to, you understand what I'm saying? So I, I love where people are, get themselves in an atmosphere where they can sense the power and the presence of God, and hopefully it, it reignites that thirst that we're supposed to have all year round. Right? Now, you always hear me pray, thirst for, thirsting for him, thirsting to spend time with him, thirst to fellowship with him, and that thirst being quenched each and every day. That's how I pray for y'all, all of us. I pray for all of us, but, but I, I pray that all the time, constantly, for all of my, my, my immediate family, my church family, everybody, because when we, we start to re- shift our thirst back to God and we start being filled up with that love, we'll start. Now, uh, Ty was talking about it this morning, or, or one of these days this week, <laughs> Uh, greater things we should be doing. You probably remember, but you said it. <laughs> but, but, but we should be doing greater things, right? And we'll start to operate in greater love, and now it won't be as far-fetched to persuade and return for attack, to love your enemies. Something comes over to you when people do stuff to you, and you look at it different. There's a situation that happened to me. I just saw it different. I said, man, I don't wish that on anybody. And so my, my wife, you know, as we were talking through it, I said, man, think about what it takes for the person to actually attack us in that way. They got to really be processing through something. But I would have never thought like that back in the day. I'd be like, oh, so you think you, you attacking me? Oh, no, no, we got something for that. You know, I, I would have figured a way to get them worse. Well, really to destroy them. Because attack for me back in the day was you don't retaliate. You can't retaliate. You see what I'm saying? But I, I, don't, I don't think like that. I, we've, we've been attacked as pastors. We just eat it, right? Because what we're saying is we're going to love them now 
and we have access to love them later. If we retaliate now, to retaliate now, we could lose them forever. And their life is more important than their attack on us. Right? So just wanted us to just uh, spend some time, stand on your feet, that's all. <laughs>